Welcome. You're listening to the CMS Podcast, where legal experts and industry leaders give you key insights on current legal topics. In today's podcast, Glenbit co-founder Amy Wang and Team Blockchain CEO Johnny Fry talk about Fireside Chat, an Asian way of trading digital assets. The podcast is recorded during the Tokenized Assets Conference in Amsterdam. Please visit our podcast channel for other podcasts in this series. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning. My name is uh, Johnny Fry. I'm CEO of a company called Team Blockchain um, that has been involved in the blockchain space for our sins for about two or three years now. Um, But I'd like to just give a bit of background to myself because I think that will um, help explain um, why we've actually been working with uh, Glenbit, um, who are an Asian um, trading platform. Uh, My background is actually um, based in the UK. I set up and ran for over 20 years a mutual fund company. So actually managing money in pension funds and tax schemes in the UK called ISAs. We had a range of uh, collective investment schemes um, in Luxembourg, where we had a CCAV, um, in Canada, in North America, um, the UK, Channel Islands, Dublin. So most of my working life, I've only ever known regulation um, and sort of financial services, um, fun and games. And then on top of that, we floated the company So we had an extra layer of um, rules and regulations because we had to comply by, obviously, the uh, London Stock Exchange regulations. So I was looking at uh, blockchain as a technology more than anything else about four or five years ago and was intrigued as to how it could be used in commercial environments. And that's really what my company um, focuses on in terms of helping um, lawyers. We do a lot of work with CMS in, in, in London. Um, accountants, um, market makers, brokers, um, people that arrived late, people that arrived early, um, to actually um, understand the challenges and opportunities around the technology. But also what we've now seen is the birth of um, effectively what I believe a new asset class. So very quickly, to put that into very simplistic terms, at the moment you have a number of um, currencies um, Europe's made it really easy because you've just got the euro, so we don't have to worry about the guild and the French franc and the peseta, etc. Or maybe that might be coming back after the European um, have a go at the Italians, but that, that's, that's another story. Um, so if you think about it, if you own a property here in Holland and you want to go and buy some gold, you have to sell your property. You've now got euros. You then have to go and buy US dollars, and then you can buy gold. But if you decide you then want to go and buy a car, let's say, Um, In China, you then have to sell your gold, sell your dollars, buy renminbi, and buy a car. So essentially, the foreign exchange market is what we refer to in sort of asset management speak is it's a closed-loop system. You can't sell a currency and buy nothing. Until 10 years ago, when this mad man, person, alien called Satoshi Moko, or something like that, developed this thing called Bitcoin, which as soon as you use the word, people think of Bitcoin, blockchain, Ponzi scheme. Silk Road, I'm going to nick your money. And now I, I, was, I, was, I was actually um, guilty of that, as I said, about four or five years ago. My son dropped him off at school and he said, oh, dad, I'm, I'm saving up for a Kalashnikov rifle. Now, I'm dyslexic, so I wasn't sure how many Ks were in there, first of all. And looked at it and said, a 15, 16 year old, why? How could you get access? And he showed me the Silk Road. 
And I was horrified. I said, well, how are you going to pay for it? Oh, I've got some Bitcoin, Dad. And really cool, I paid, I think he paid $50 for them, and they were 90 Now, bear in mind, I've been managing money for nearly 30 years. Guess what I told him to do? So how popular was I last Christmas when there were 20,000 each? So against that backdrop, I think what we've seen is the birth of a new asset class, which is completely uncorrelated with many, many other assets. If you look at the sharp ratio of a number of different cryptocurrencies or what people now prefer to call them as digital assets, they have a very different risk profile, i.e. their risk-adjusted returns are very, very attractive. So it was against that backdrop um, we were approached um, by Glenbit through a, a large financial services company to actually help them to come into the European market and broaden um, what they're doing. So I'm, I'm delighted um, that um, Amy, one, one of the co-founders, is able to join us. And I'd like her to share a little bit about her history and perhaps kick off by explaining a little bit about the company um, and the team. And I think you'll begin to understand why it's quite an interesting business and in, in what they're trying to do. So, so welcome, Amy. And perhaps you explain a little bit about the team and a bit of the history to the company. Okay, um, so good morning everyone. <laughs> so um, uh, I would love to share today that uh, with our Glimbit, uh, where we're from and uh, what we do. So our headquarters is actually in Edinburgh and our team are from a lot of places. Uh, for example, from China and also from Japan and from Australia as well. So we are actually like a community <laughs> uh, together uh, on the platform. Okay, and ca can you explain a little bit about, um, so you're a decentralized company using a decentralized technology. Yes, which that's is, right, yeah. Okay, um, could you explain a little bit about um, the, 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 the two people I'm, I'm particularly interested in is, um, is Mr. Wong, mm -hmm. um, who's in China, yeah. um, and, and then um, doc, Dr. Chan, who's your CTO. Perhaps you could explain a little bit about their history and um, some of their knowledge and experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, the founder, Mr. Wong, he's actually um, uh, running uh, a very big media uh, press, a media uh, company, and also uh, they're doing events for the listed companies. So they have a very ex uh, a good experience for uh, managing and um, running communities, uh, managing all the events uh, to uh, gave all the uh, uh, services on, for example, around hundreds of uh, TV channels in China. So they do charity advertisement on that, and they do economics uh, advertisement as well. Uh, and also for our uh, CTO, Dr. Chang, he used to study in uh, Birmingham. Yeah, he used Bur to live in Birmingham. There. Birmingham, yes, in. England. Not quite up north like Jeremy comes from, but it's up north. And they do brilliant curries up there, by the way. Yeah. So uh, he's not here today because he's back to, the, uh, uh, to China and he's going to fly to New Zealand to gather a word for his PhD work. Uh, so the IEEE, I don't know if uh, anyone and what knows was, that. What's, what, what's he specialize in? He specialized on AI. Yeah, AI technology and also AI is also the, the stuff that we use for uh, analysing our uh, like risk control and also for helping buy and sell for the customers. Yeah, 
this kind of thing. Okay, so the reason I thought that was interesting is that one of the founders is an expert in building communities. Um, and I think um, you'll increasingly hear today, yes, you can tokenize anything. I don't think anyone doubts that. We've seen examples of a Stratosphere's violin being um, tokenized, for example. So tokenizing a property is fairly easy. But if you don't have the community, if you don't have the buyers, then it's actually not worth a row of beans. So one of the interesting things about Glenbit, they come from a very strong background of having built communities um, in, in Asia. The, Dr. Chang, um, on the other hand, um, is, is a professor at one of the universities in Beijing, and he's actually developing the platform using artificial intelligence. And the reason he's not here today, is, as Amy said, is because he's collecting an award, uh, get my days right, um, Saturday in, in um, Wellington in New Zealand for the work that he's done around artificial intelligence and continues through his academic research to be able to add onto the platform, which I think is really important because having come from a fund management background, I can tell you it is utterly and totally impossible to manage your crypto assets 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because that's the, that's the trading. The, the days of five days and the market sort of opens about 8.30 after a cup of tea and then finishes around about 3.30, 4 o'clock with a sort of cucumber sandwich like we used to um, certainly in London. But it, it was you guys, the Dutch, that invented the whole stock market system in the first place with joint stock companies. So you're, you're to blame. Um, but, but, but being more serious, the, the 24 hour seven is really, really important because it does create the ability to spread out the amount of trading, reduce volatility, but you need to have some sort of oversight, which is why I think Glenbit's quite interesting with this artificial intelligence dependence. But what I'm also interested in is um, there's been a lot of concerns around sort of hacking and security. Could you touch a little bit on some of the sort of features that make your platform a little bit different in terms of how um, you're looking after some of the assets in a slightly more secure way? Uh, yeah, we are actually using the AWC. Um, and also, so that means all these servers are all different, different from each other. And so that will uh, get avoided. Uh, of the hacking happened. Yep. Yeah, and also also with the AI, that uh, is also helping that. Okay, so a combination using cloud computing, which to be fair is many, many companies are now doing that. But the other thing they're doing is actually having the money held in, in segregated accounts. So even if you're one client, you, each one of the digital assets you hold will be held on, on, on a separate type basis. Now, now going back to um, the, the training, and I know you've done a lot of training um, in, in the music industry. Yes. Um, funny enough. Yeah. Um, and your involvement in the company um, is, is very much around helping on the training and education side. Um, would you mind just sharing a little bit about your, some of the work you've done um, helping m musical teachers? Because I think that's yeah. relevant in terms of then showing the educational nature that underpins some of the stuff that Glemid are doing. Yeah, um, actually we have a, a same sort of structure of, uh, of doing that. Uh, for example, that we train uh, music teachers. We train teachers in China. And these teachers are from different countries. So we build up a community, it's like association, to, to do the training and also to give the academic control of that. So um, it's, it's quite familiar with um, uh, what Glimbit do for training. Uh, that our training team is actually from Australia, and they have very good experience of doing that. Um, so uh, these services is actually provide to the, the companies who launch their coins to our platform, and also with individual clients who want to do buy and sell uh, on that as well. So we're building a structure of that, and then 
it's still the same, the community. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's also kind of a decentralized way of, of doing it. Yeah. Okay, so when you talk about the training, what, can you perhaps give me some examples of some of the things you're doing in different cities or provinces and how, how would that look and feel? Uh, for the trainings that, for example, um, we gave the trainings on different levels. Uh, for example, A1, A2, A3, B1 level, something like that. And also, after a certain training, uh, we actually build a mega data of it. So from after that, we have a big database that imagine how many Chinese people are there. <laughs> yeah, so um, we have a huge database. And then after a year or so, we gave um, a sort of like a, uh, a quality control uh, to check again to see how they how they do it and how they get on with it. Yeah. Okay. I understand. At the moment, you've got around about twenty five thousand predominantly Asian um, clients that are trading, and you found that um, some of those clients not only need trading, but they actually end up being quite passive. Yes. So, so what have you done to help them and perhaps additional services f for those people? Uh, for them, we. Um, uh, the training team also, well, they do uh, like online trainings and also with other uh, like conferences for for the, for the for the clients. Yeah, to do. The and the managed service. Um, the the managed service that you provide. Yeah, yeah, the managed service as well. Yeah. Um, uh, now at the moment, uh, the training is already for twenty provinces, so that's that will be about like um, around eighty cities <laughs> of China have done that, um, uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, what, what, what they're actually doing is rather than just doing online training and analysis and help, they're also running workshops um, where they'll get three or four hundred people at a time um, to understand a little bit about the technology and how and where and why they can trade. But also they provide a managed service, so if you're holding um, EOS or XRP, then they, that can actually be lodged with them and then they um, do a series of copy or mirror trading, which you may be familiar with, where effectively the company is applying an algorithmic training and then they can actually match that with the actual customer's accounts. So they're being able to let effectively look after and manage their assets on a more active basis. Um, the final thing, could you just tell us a little bit about why you actually want to be um, here in the UK and how that complements having sort of, um, sorry, not the UK, in Europe, how that complements European and Asian investors? Well, um, uh, the reason why we are large in the UK is because that the UK is um, always uh, a wide respect um, uh, global, globally uh, on the regulations uh, on finance field. Uh, and also for us, because the majority of our clients at the moment are from Asia. So we hope that we can have um, other clients from Europe, of course, yeah. So they can do the trading when Asia sleeps and we can do the other way around as well, yeah. So uh, in this case, it will be give a good uh, liquidity of, of, the, of the trading on the platform. And uh, we also hope that we can have um, good non-Asian companies to, to join us uh, on the platform, uh, not for raising the <laughs> the money, or you know, uh, in that way, but just for uh, for gave the variety of trading. So, yeah. so, that, so, yeah. Just to be clear on that, they're not looking to necessarily issue new tokens, but existing companies that have got um, typically a um, that have come through an ICO, so they have a strong utility value. 
they're, they're looking to bring those non-Asian companies onto um, the, the attention of their sort of a Asian markets. Um, I'm, I'm conscious that we're, we're, we're for time. Bo both Amy and I are around all day today, so if anyone's got any particular queries or questions about Glenbit, then please do feel free to come and talk to us. But thank you very much for your time this morning. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to the CMS podcast. Did you enjoy this podcast? Please visit our podcast channel and use the subscribe button to stay up to date on legal content. Until next time.